Broadcasting live from Studio E here down here in Central Florida. I'm your host, Steve Elkins, and this is Off the Beaten Path. Today's date is December 3rd, 2023. It's been a full week of news and sound bites, and news is being passed off as real news, much of which I would call the fake news. The time to be vocal is now. Silence is implied consent. Please visit the RBN website. For great resource articles, for provocative insight, and share what you have learned, go to republicbroadcasting.org. My email address is off the beaten path, Steve at gmail.com. Our call in number is 512 248 8252. I want to address something tonight that, uh, well, that kind of bothered me at first. I've live I've, I've learned to live with it last couple of days and just kind of then blowing it off is just a, a bad experience but uh, i did a show on monday and it was very a very serious show i wanted to bring to rbn something that's never ever been done before no host has ever attempted it i would have been the first to attempt it and i planned on succeeding whenever i take on a project i'm looking at success i want to be successful in whatever i discuss so I had this idea to invite a guest on the show on Monday night to speak about UFOs, referring to the Disclosure Project and what's been uh, new, new relevations that have come about, new information out there. And I invited a guest. Actually, the show title was called UFOs, What the Government Knows. Now, you know, as I know, the government's not telling us the truth nearly on everything. Everything is a lie. A spin, um, little bits of pieces maybe of truth, but a lot of lies and propaganda in an agenda. Well, I thought I'd uh, have this individual on. I met him in California. I went to a lecture from his uh, on UFOs, mainly Roswell. I was very interested in Roswell. Did a lot of research myself, and uh, so I decided to bring him on. I thought we'd discuss Roswell, starting off with Roswell, and uh, go down the line and just talk about other sightings, other issues, uh, the Phoenix Lights, you name it. I wanted to open up the door on information, new information on these subjects. And let me just say, he promised me fireworks, but he brought me sparklers. He brought me sparklers. Excuse me. New information on the disclosure program. I was promised he was present, but he he was a no-show on the info. I was very disappointed a man who's been studying and researching these things for 50 years. He, he, he told us, 50 years I've been doing this, and I got nothing out of it. Actually, I think I knew more about Roswell than he did. I tried my best, along with my co-host, Rob James, that night, to pull out the information, do my best <clears throat> to pull out the information, to get this out of him. Couldn't do it. The guy wouldn't budge. He would not budge. I am not even going to mention his name because um, I'm not going to give him any advertisement. I've never been more let down in all my life of having a guest on the show who who did not deliver, did not deliver the goods. Uh, I've had a lot of guests on this network. I have had a lot of great interviews. This one was a big, giant goose egg for me. And I'm very disappointed because it's going to be difficult for me now to ever either ever go into this territory ever again to try this again. <clears throat> I uh, I don't think I probably ever will. I brought information to the table about my grandfather being a brigadier, brigadier general in the Pentagon, had told me, had told my father actually, my father told me a long discussion about Roswell. Yes, it did really happen. There was a, 
spaceship, a disc, a flying disc that was obtained. It was not of this world. And the whole story was a big giant cover up. 24 hours later, the story came, changed from a flying disc to a weather balloon. Now, that's pretty serious stuff. Again, this is government, Pentagon, and uh, the other alphabet agencies here. Getting excited, one person getting excited, a colonel getting excited, then later on realizing I screwed up. Now I've got to go back on TV, stand next to a weather balloon, and spin the story that it wasn't a disc. I got it wrong. I don't know what a disc looks like, a flying disc looks like, compared to a weather balloon, but I'm now going to spin this bunko story of a weather balloon story now. And that's exactly what happened. I wanted to share that information. Like I said, my grandfather telling my father there would be no lies coming from my grandfather. It's true. Uh, as a good soldier that he was, he told my father, it stays between us. You can't discuss it with anybody else. He was a good soldier. He kept his uh, kept his mouth shut. My father did. He did tell me because he knew I was researching it, and I wish I'd actually had time. My grandfather was living. I could actually sat down and talk to him about this a little bit more in detail. But, uh, again, I invited somebody on the show who, who promised me a lot, promised me a lot. I've been working for weeks on this. And uh, he showed up, but he did not deliver. Very disappointed. Very disappointed. You know, and, and I got I got some funny texts from friends and stuff, and I like I built this up to be something kind of good. I I thought it would be something groundbreaking for RBM, but uh, there was no uh, calls coming from west of the Rockies. There were no calls coming calling from the wild card, uh, as is on coast to coast AM. That's a good joke. I liked it. I laughed, even though I was angry at first. You know, typically after a show, I write the narrative over and I send it over to either Sam or I send it to Julie. And uh, that night I left. I walked out several times. I was looking for my opportunity to, to actually bail on the show at one hour mark. And unfortunately, I could not do so because calls were coming in. People were interested in some things. Maybe they weren't hearing what they wanted to hear from my guests, but they were calling. They were interested. So I couldn't abort the mission. I could not go at the top of the hour. So I, I gutted it out, worked for the next hour, trying to find ways, Rob and I were trying to find ways to pull out the information from him. And all I got was, yeah, no, I don't know, and then some giggling laughing. I was being serious about the subject matter, and uh, my 50-year expert did not act and present himself as an expert. I felt, I felt dissed. I was very angry about this. And uh, I promised you more, and I, I really did not deliver. Not based on my own ability or lack of ability, or Rob's ability. We simply had a guest that didn't, he didn't deliver. This is a guy I knew eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. He seemed to be pretty good behind a mic back then. I don't know if it's age-related. I don't know if it's memory issues. I don't know if there's a little bit of element of dementia all I know is he told me we're going to blow the lid off this thing tonight. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, I expected fireworks, and I got a box of sparklers out of this issue. Um, not good. Not good. This was my last show for the National Intel Report. I wanted to go out on a high note. Everybody wants to go out on a high note. It was my last RBN show. I know John would have been saying, wow, it's a pretty gutsy move, Steve, to go uh, – talk about this issue, but go for it, man. You, if you can do it, if anybody can do it, you can do it. 
And uh, I, I may have given him a little smile, a chuckle up there saying, wow, that didn't work out so well. But again, it wasn't from, um, from my lack of digging and trying to find and get the information to come out. And Rob's doing the same. Uh, it just didn't work. And so I'm a little disappointed, but we move forward. And uh, like I said, will I ever address this issue ever, ever again? Probably not. I don't know. Doubtful if I'm going to have to make sure I get somebody solid. And uh, again, um, my apologies to you. You listened in, and I wanted to deliver something to have you thinking about really what's going on in the world, in the you know, the galaxy, and UFO projects, and everything that's going on. I wanted you to think about these things, and I just didn't uh, accomplish the goal. So we put that behind us. We go forward. And we got a lot of issues to talk about tonight. Lots of stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, wow, lots of stuff happened today, believe it or not, yesterday and today. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about a little project I did over the holiday, the Thanksgiving experiment. I call it my holiday Thanksgiving experiment. And typically, I get on my phone or I call people or I text people and, and I say, you know, happy Thanksgiving. And it's just a, a, a habit you do for holidays, Thanksgiving or, you know, Christmas or maybe even Happy New Year's. But I, this year I decided to do something different. Typically, I'm the initiator, the initiator, the one who calls and texts and says, Happy Thanksgiving, you know. And uh, I just sat back this year. I, I decided to do a little experiment. I sat back and waited to see if anybody would call me or text me. And typically, people are just, boom, yeah, it's happy Thanksgiving, happy things you get them. This year, different. This year, different. That's why I think I asked people a question a couple of weeks ago, you know, what are you going to do for the holidays? You know, what's coming up? Uh, the families are divided. We've got families divided over COVID. We've got families divided over politics. We've got families divided over everything, basically. I mean, I've never seen a more divided country. And that uh, points to families also. The families are just, you know, they're not getting along. People don't get along. Over the holidays, I end up watching maybe too much Waltons, uh, maybe too much Little House on the Prairie. And actually, I like these shows. I, I grew up with these shows, watching these shows with my mother and my father. It was a family affair, sitting down and watching Little House or, or watching Waltons. And I, I started thinking about, you know, we're nowhere near being like uh, the Walton family, the families getting together. They may have differences, but they sit down, they treat each other civilly. They, uh, they discuss issues. They may disagree, but they, you know, they're a family. They stay together. They hang tight. But uh, we, don't, we don't see that nowadays. We see families divided. Uh, people don't get together for Christmas and holidays because of uh, anger. Somebody says, well, you weren't vaccinated. I don't want you at my house, and I don't want you infecting and killing my kids. And, and grandma's coming to this year's Christmas. Uh, I don't want you coming because you were not vaxxed, and I don't want you killing grandma. You know, and so these, these families are all, the family dynamics are, are early in bad shape, and families are divided. So, uh, you know, for those who actually got to go to some kind of family dinner for Thanksgiving, uh, some of them were a nightmare. I, 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 maybe you have a nightmare story of your Thanksgiving dinner. I don't know, but uh, I, I can tell you right now, if you're conservative and you go to a family member's house that's a liberal, uh, you either got to pretty much keep your mouth shut 
Because if you open up your mouth and start talking about conservative viewpoints, then you have all the liberals at the party, the dinner party, attacking your conservative views. You get to be the entertainment of the party because that's exactly what liberals love to do. They love to rip people apart for their viewpoints. Now, I don't do that. I, I, I converse with liberals, and I, I talk to people that have liberal viewpoints, and I'll say, mm, okay, that's interesting. Uh, it does not fit my viewpoints, but I respect your, your viewpoint. I'm not going to come down on you and ridicule you and try to make you look bad. I don't do that. I'll debate the issue. If you'd like to debate the issue, I can debate the issue and give you my side of it, my facts, and uh, you can give me your side, and then we'll just you know break apart, and that's the end of that. But uh, conservatives, uh, you know, are, are 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 entertainment for the re, for the liberals. Uh, you know, like I said, you go to their their parties, and uh, next thing you know, the whole tables of liberals are attacking you for your your conservative viewpoints. Again, like I said, maybe I, I watch too much Waltons uh, over the Thanksgiving uh, holiday here, and I, I see these large families they're getting along, getting along. Can can we get along? You know, can we do that? But uh, I'm just curious uh, how your your holiday went. If, did you have any itch, issues like this, any situations, and how did you handle it? You know, um, I've been to dinner parties. I think the last one I actually walked out at a dinner party was in Modesto, California. I was invited to Thanksgiving. A good friend of mine invited me and uh, her family, and we sat down and ate, and things were all going great until. A warmonger at the dinner table talked about we need to go to Iran, or actually at the time it was Iraq, we need to go to Iraq, and we need to take the oil. We need to get those oil fields. We need to secure those for ourselves. We need to take the oil. And uh, I was not happy. They were little children, uh, school age, grade school, I guess, at the table. And I, uh, you know, I feel about children, and you know, I feel about war. And unjust wars and these land grabs and these resource grabs, I uh, I attacked this guy. I, I seriously verbally attacked this old man who drove his big fat ass Cadillac, parked it in the driveway, and I I, I tore into this guy. So you we need you we need gas, cheap gas, so you can drive your big big fat Cadillac everywhere you want to go. And forget the lives of the Iraqi people and the children, the men and women and children there. Forget about the innocent people that you slaughter and kill to get your cheap oil and to put our children or our soldiers in harm's way for a corporate conquest of stealing oil and resources. Uh, I have a serious, serious problem. I ripped into this guy. I, I, I'm still surprised. I look back at that, that, that night and I'm surprised I was overwhelmed and taken by his insensitive nature of not caring about human life, uh, not caring about their lives, but he didn't even really care about our soldiers dying for the cheap oil. And I, I, I ripped into this guy and I said, you have no idea what war is about. You've never been in a war. And I've stated on the show before, my mother probably listening now, she was in war. She was an eight-year-old child in Germany, saw the worst of everything, and I'm not going to rehash all that, but she knows the horrors of war. So when I ripped into this guy and I told him, you don't know anything about war, you've never been in a war, you have no idea what you're talking about, the harm done, the psychological, psychological damage to the children, what's done. His wife, she was German, she told her husband to shut up. Here at the dinner table, she tells her husband, shut up. Several times, loud voice. 
he shuts his mouth and she said, Stephen is absolutely correct. You don't know anything about war. I have been there. I, I've been where Stephen's mother has been in war. I know the horrors of war. So she told her husband to shut up. Well, I think I, I don't even think I got in through the, the main meal. I don't think I got too much into the meal before I stood up and I said, excuse me, and I'm leaving. I could not sit down at the dinner table with a person that has such a disregard of human life of other people's lives. I could not stare at this guy and look at this guy. I was repulsed by him. So I got up and I left. And I have yet to actually do that ever again. I've never been in a situation where I've become that angry at somebody and left a dinner. I've had some arguments staying in line at a grocery store when somebody said, you're too close to me. Uh, you know, step back another 10 feet. You have, you know, you're not wearing a mask. I've had some arguments about stuff like that before. And uh, somebody's saying, well, I'll call the police on you. I'm going to call them. I don't care. Call them. Let's call the police right now. I'm standing right here. I'm not, I'm, I'm not budging. You want to call the police? Call the police. I don't really care. Uh, so I've had those issues before, those arguments. But uh, I've never been so outraged as I was uh, with this, this elderly man here talking about getting the cheap gas and securing the oil fields for America. So there you go. Um, the family dinner. Any, any interesting stories? Please call in and share if you like to share. 512-248-252. And uh, we'll talk about that coming up on commercial break. We'll be right back. to stay out of the system? Are you prepared to buy into the biggest scam since the Iraqi dinar? If not, then put your money where it belongs, in your possession, not in the hands of an international MLM cartel. At Kettle Moraine Limited, we will provide you with the finest Swiss-minted detachable gram sheets of pure 24-karat gold for hundreds of dollars less than the so-called privately issued credit cards with elusive gold backing. Gold backing 
The only gold that I want is in my back pocket, not backed by promises of an operation even the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is suspect of, giving a rating of C-. To get the full story, visit SierraMadrePreciousMetals.com and go to the Valcombi Bullion Vault. Once you have read the whole story about the scam being perpetrated on an unsuspecting public and how you can avoid being a victim by purchasing these beautiful, barterable, tradable sheets of gold at tremendous savings and in the strictest of privacy, be prepared to take the steps to protect your wealth with the purchase of the real deal. Detachable 50-gram gold bars from Kettle Moraine Limited by calling 602-799-8214. Ask about our one-ounce Valcombi detachable bars, which break into one-tenth ounce bars. And don't forget, for all of your precious metal needs, whether buying or having the need to sell, call Kettle Moraine Limited. Remember, no dinar, no celery, and no carrots. If you buy from someone else... Tell them you want AU, not BS. Call Kettle Moraine LTD today at 602-799-8214. Kettle Moraine LTD, 602-799-8214. Tejibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Sam, you're pulling some great music tonight. I don't even know who this stuff is, but you'll have to tell me later. But nice bumper, nice bumper. Love it. Sharing Kansas, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, Steve. Hi, how uh, are you doing? Okay. Currently, yeah. I'm reading The Holocaust Narrative by Dr. E. Michael Jones. Mm-hmm. And I have read a little bit of stuff in the Barnes Review, but this is, uh, he just, I'm not even through with the book, but he's done a really good job in showing 
the things that were done to the German people. Uh, and how old did you say your mother was at, in 45? Uh, I, I, had, I was corrected by her. I thought she was 13, and she, she wrote me, uh, she called me the next day, she said, you, you had me a little older. I was eight years old. She was eight years old, wandering the streets of Germany with a suitcase and uh, digging in the dirt for potatoes that were left over that weren't harvested. She had a very hard childhood. I, I don't want to go into too much detail on that because I know she's listening. It always gets her upset, so I don't want to do that. But let's just say the horrors, the hardships of war, my mother knows. And uh, I think that's what really set me off on this old guy here. He was just thinking about cheap oil, cheap gas, driving his big car as far as he could go. And uh, I, like I said, I, I have yet to ever be that angry as I was, and that goes back, I'm thinking 2004 or five or so. Um, it was a long time ago, but yeah, I, I, well, I do remember it. And, uh, and I was, I was hot and I missed out on a nice dinner and I got up and left. Well, left. there was food feed the German people that, um, uh, was denied to him. And Eisenhower was part of that. And Morgenthau was, part of that and it was so evil and of course the Ron Lager I think it was called camps that they just let those um, he wouldn't let them be called POWs because he would have had to um, treat them under uh, the Geneva Convention mm-hmm. so he he labeled them something else I think disarmed something but you know and they just they were out in the elements they were just been fenced in they even actually bulldozed some of them while they were still alive to bury them i mean it it was so evil and you know eisenhower uh he was born down in texas but he lived up here in abilene kansas also And they do, I've heard they do this this celebration up there. And, oh, just, I, I've never been up to it because it's so far away. And I, but I would love to just expose that. Because they have kept this so quiet. And the German people don't even get to talk about it in so many places. They can't. They can't anymore, actually. If you talk yeah. about it, you can go to jail. I mean, if, you, if you're if you a denier, you're going to jail. I, don't, I think you even go to jail if you're a revisionist and say, I, well, not everything we, we learned about the Holocaust is true. Uh, I, and I could point out many, many things that we were lied to about, and I've talked about it before. If I said that in Germany, I'd probably be uh, picked up and put in jail. Uh, but it's a fact fact, but you're not allowed to challenge the Holocaust at all. You're not allowed to point out where they lied to you at all in the Holocaust. You're not allowed to. Yeah, and um, apparently, you know, where those uh, camps were, where they you know, let those men die out in the open. Apparently that, because it was by waterways, uh, it um, actually flooded a few several years back and they actually kept people from going there because it was bringing up bones yeah sure anyway we'll come back come, come we'll come back to you stay on the line we'll come right back to you all right
truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. there. Are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-in lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-in lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Easeoff, LLC, 417-932-6419. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilajit literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilajit has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach or a favorite song from the past or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To learn more about this amazing breakthrough, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. and hook up again with Sherry in Kansas. Sherry, are you still with us? Yes. Um, well, let me ask you, Sherry, how was your how was your Thanksgiving? How was it? Oh, it was fine. Nothing Good. special. Nothing special? No uh, no fireworks? 
No. <laughs> um, I want to redo. Uh, now, in 19, let's see, how Ike became head of the the military there in uh, World War Two in Europe. In, uh, let's see, this is out of Barbarians Inside the Gates, a black book of Bolshevism by Don, by Colonel Don de Grand Prix. And Ike went, he, what he actually did, he was stationed at, um, um, there at a, a base in, uh, Washington State. And he went to a dinner with, uh, okay, it was Fort Lewis. And he was a lieutenant colonel. And he went to a dinner uh, that uh, Roosevelt's daughter uh, was at. Okay. And he schmoozed her, just saying how much he uh, admired her father. And then she went back and recommended him for... Uh, go up, but he, um, and this was in 1940, the fall of 1940, and he was a lieutenant colonel, and in less than two years, he, uh, let's see, he, he was a general and made commander-in-chief of all the Allied forces in Western Europe without seeing any time in the field. Uh, can you believe that? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can believe that. Any about anything nowadays. You know, a question I have for you is: is if Eisenhower was part of the military-industrial complex, very much so, then why come out later on and refer to it that it would be the downfall of your country? I mean, what led him to to actually go go forward and say that? That's always. I've always wondered that why why Eisenhower would say that he was part of it, and then suddenly he comes out, he gets out, and basically comes out and says, "Well, you know, the, the downfall of America will be, you know, the military-industrial complex, and that how how important it is to have the military-industrial complex. It's uh, it's part of our economy. It's uh, you know, if you you sink all your money into uh, the military, uh, the trickle-down effect. I guess I assume he was talking about the tr- trickle-down effect." That everybody does well, you know. You, you, you so you you keep your military uh, pumped up. You keep your 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 budgets up really high, and uh, that's a that's a big stimulus for the entire economy. But uh, here's a guy that was embracing it, and then later on turns the table and says it would be the downfall. Uh, the well, military industrial one, complex. He, he didn't write that speech. I read, and it was either the Spotlight or the American Free Press, I believe. Or maybe one of Michael Collins Piper's books or something, but that speech was written for him and realized he was going out and he yeah. knew that his stuff about what he did in Europe, they protected him a lot because sure. of the sure. who owned the papers and sure. all that. And but it would eventually come out. Mm-hmm. But I mean Agreed. this Agreed. guy was you know, at um um West Point they refute he he's actually copied his page at um i think the year he went into uh west point mm-hmm. and they called him the swedish jew really 
I didn't know that. Yeah. Did not know that. Uh, but he was he was just terrible. But anyway, and um, I remember reading somewhere that not not very many generals, you know, his peers really thought he was any good as far as yeah. had any. But uh, yeah. Well, you know, again, again, using uh, war or, you know, whether crisis or wars to stimulate the economy. And I mean, that's kind of where we're heading right now, if you think about it. I mean, the economy is not doing well. I'm going to talk about that a little bit tonight. But uh, it's it looks almost like uh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen some way. We're going to get pulled into this Israeli Hamas deal. We're going to get uh, sucked into a war. We're funding two wars right now. And uh, it's just eventually that we have soldiers committed to the area, and uh, we're we're at war. We're at war, and uh, and, and then because to stimulate the economy, um, I don't know. It's it's and every president seems to get caught in this this rut of doing the same thing. We saw Clinton do it, uh, whether it's a real war or they they call it a, a skirmish or a little crisis or. A conflict. I think the word they use is conflict a lot. But when you start sending soldiers around the globe here and you start invading other countries, well, you really you are in war. You just don't want to call it a war. And it's all good for business. It's good for some business. Again, looking for the trickle down effect for the corporations to the little people, the little guys like you and me. And uh, it doesn't always reach us. But I don't want to. I don't want a robust economy based on war. And that's a, that's a policy that we've had for a long, long time. That the United States government makes war to boost the economy. So you can be sure that uh, they're looking at ways to do that right now and also ways to to cancel the 2024 election because they can't win. They know that. Yeah, and you destroy all your product. And uh, they left so much stuff in Afghanistan that uh, now we have to buy all new stuff. Yeah. And they've well, given I heard an argument. I heard an argument over the weekend. Somebody said that the Pentagon, talking as if they knew somebody in the Pentagon, but they would rather fight China than they would Russia. And I don't know how so, because I don't think China has to to do anything. Uh, Fire one bullet, one rocket, rocket, one missile, nothing. They simply just turn off all the 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 imports of goods that we we use on a regular basis. They shut us down on on, uh, our trade. And uh, since we don't make anything anymore, I mean, I, I bought something the other day, and I said, let's see if where it's made. Turn it over. It's China. Where's this? China, China, China. We don't make anything. So China turning off the imports, you know, stopping all those big ships, container ships coming into San Francisco and L.A. simply, simply squeeze us on trade because we don't make anything anymore. So, I mean, we're, we shut everything down. You think about it. We, we would totally be beat, defeated, if we would even try to take on China. So they, uh, for some reason, the, the Pentagon believes different. They'd rather take on China than Russia. That doesn't make much yeah, sense to that, me, but that's, that's the thing. I heard something interesting uh, on Janine Barcello's show, because mm-hmm. she talks about EMF a lot. And she right. says this sonogram stuff is a whole lot worse than... Uh, the kind of EMF that even comes out of your cell phone. And right. they have been doing this on babies since, what, the That's 80s? Right. Yeah. And we wonder why 
these generations that have grown up since then, because that's not the only thing. They were also hit with increased vaccines. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. could that be why we don't have, you know, the children now that are coming of age? I, I don't know. I, parents aren't being parents anymore. They're being the children. Children are spending, what, six eight six to eight hours a day in well, indoctrination those- education. So, I mean, what do you expect? If your kids uh, are, are, you know, have bad parents or parents who are so consumed with, you know, their their jobs trying to bring another paycheck in and they're not paying attention to their kids, well, they're 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 putty in the hands of the indoctrinators in the school system here to to mold your children. That's exactly where we are in that situation. We've lost the education. We we were losing education, and the schools are no longer doing education. They're they're doing agendas, political agendas. They're carrying out political agendas. Yes, but those children are the ones who who, who are having children now. Those children that first got the sonograms. Yeah. Well, I and tell you what, children- I, 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 we're we're going to have we're going to have a population drop because of s- sterility coming in the future. I can tell you that right now, we're going to see sterility. We're going to see young couples who want to have children, and they can't have children. The males are, are shooting blanks. The women's eggs aren't there. And what happened? Well, it's because of COVID shots and boosters, and we are now uh, a sterile society here. We we can't have a population growth. And that's going to happen. That's going to happen. I can I can guarantee you when it comes out. I don't. I think they're going to try to hide it. Nobody's going to talk about. Hey, by the way, you know we're we're uh, we're we're not having too many children these days. You're, you'll see it, and you'll know people who fall in that category. But it'll be a last thing to to actually mention that there's a decline in our population and what it might be attributed to. And if they actually do, they'll probably say it's global warming, some BS stuff like that. But we know that's not the truth. We've had the same temperatures, the ups and downs for the last 50, 60, 100 years, you know, and and nobody talked about that being uh, something that would inter- interfere with our our uh, population growth. And for now, for some reason, it is. So, again, Bunko, Bunko pseudoscience coming your way. Hence, they're bringing in all these uh, illegal. And we don't need all these and- people anymore. Jerry, we don't and need that, these people anymore. Remember, and, we have AI coming in. We have well, a, AI. But we might need we them. Need. Uh, we're gonna, they're going to need a few people. and Oh, a few. A all few, these people few. that took the... They're not making yeah. them take the jab, but all the yeah. people that took the jab are going to be sterile, like you said. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Steve, I'll let you go right. and get on. Appreciate Thanks. the call. Appreciate the call. Bye. Appreciate the call. I got some more to say about the uh, the holidays coming up here, what we just had and what we just witnessed and saw. Uh, and then I'm going to take another call here from Brian in Texas. You know, uh, conservatives have become so passive, so passive. We need about three times the moxie of the liberals. I, I swear we do. Uh, conservatives roll over too dang easy. You know, a question I ask people is, are you really at peace with others who mock you for having a difference of opinion? Are you okay with that? Do you push back or you just walk away from it? I, 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 I don't walk away. I push back. And I have to say that it's in, in my situation here, a friendship with a liberal isn't really a friendship when you have to bite your tongue and you're, you're not allowed to voice your opinions. And uh, I, I, it's better to have no friends 
than to be corralled and stifled in your opinions. And I, I maybe that's why my circle of trust is so small these days. I, it, it is. It is the way it is, and it's not going to grow. Neighbors are no longer neighbors, the neighbors you used to have when you were a kid growing up. Times have changed, and uh, it's sad. Um, you know, maybe I should stop watching the Waltons, but neighbors were neighbors back then. And back when I was a kid growing up, neighbors were neighbors, and they cared about your kids. You cared about their kids, but nowadays it's a totally different scenario, and uh, I don't know. Does one disastrous holiday over and another one coming up pretty soon? The war on Christmas continues. Uh, the war on religion, not getting presents, you know, family comes together and talking about issues they probably shouldn't be talking about, while they're carving the turkey or the ham, whatever, and talking about abortion issues. What's your opinion on abortion as they're carving into the turkey here? You know, these are the things that the, the liberals would be ganging up on you for, for bringing a conservative view. I don't know. How do you, how do you get out of a situation like that? It's not appropriate. We're not, you know, we're to have fun. Let's not talk politics. But it's almost like conservatives are, are brought into parties and functions like that for entertainment. You know, they're the entertainment value of ganging up on somebody who has a, a different view than yourself. You know, this idea that conservatives are racist, conservatives are white supremacists, conservatives hate homosexuals. They they're bigots. They're mean spirited people. I'm none of those. I'm none of those those people, and uh, but that's what they kind of want everybody to believe that that conservatives are those kind of people. You don't want to. You want to make life rough for them. You want to make their lives a living hell if you can. If you can cancel them, go ahead and cancel them. Ruin their lives. Well, I'll tell you what. Remember back in the old days of uh, going postal, people getting you know fired, and the postal comes back and takes revenge on the entire post office. And we're going to see this happen again. If they go down this road of canceling people for difference of opinion, and we do have a freedom of speech, the First Amendment, but if you get canceled and fired for having a, a viewpoint on something that maybe doesn't go along with the, their narrative and you get fired for it, I, I can see this coming to head again, that we have these situations, people walking in into businesses and taking out the big boss or whatever. But um Again, liberals, uh, they're not going to let up. They're not going to give up at all on their agendas. And uh, it's just that conservatives, like I said, we need three times the moxie of the liberals. We need to push back, step on a few toes, mash them a little bit. Let them know you're there. Uh, and uh, as we do with the bully, you let the bully know you're not going to take this anymore. And uh, after a while, they back off, hopefully. Let's go back to the phones. Let's talk to Brian in Texas. Welcome, Brian. Hey, thank you, Steve. Great show. Um, wow, man, reality's hard enough. And I, now I'm listening, been listening to you, man. It's getting more and more depressed, but that's okay, man. Sorry. You're a great Sorry. guy. I love RBN. Uh, but the reason I'm calling, uh, I was watching a fabulous uh, movie last night, The Merchant of Venice, with, uh, you know, and it's a fabulous show, and it's a, it's a great historic lesson on, on, uh, on the world back then and, and directly applicable today. Uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the very opening scenes, the texts of uh, information, historical context of the, of the scene in 1596, Venice, Italy. And one of the things they said was, uh, you know, Jews were, because uh, Al Pacino plays, plays Shylock the Jew, the, the merchant lender. And uh, they said that, uh, you know, Jews, their, their ghettos in the, in the, in the city. Yeah. Uh, they were uh, uh, kind of held back, you know, financially 
in that regard. And all they could do, uh, I guess, was to uh, start to lend money out to various mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And, of course, that's the kind of the storyline there. But uh, one of the things they said was that uh, charging interest in Christian Europe was law back then, as we, mm-hmm. you may or may not know, but that, that's what it says. And so I'm just kind of wondering, when did that change, <laughs> you know, and, and what was, who was behind, who was behind, behind it, but I'm just, did that change? I don't know. Country? You know, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I think I saw something the other day, Rob James had, had texted over to me that Ted Cruz is talking about a, a 10% flat tax. I know we've been talking about 10% flat, flat tax in fairness for the last 30, 40 years, we've been talking about, I mean, the tax code is ridiculous. I mean, come on, look at the how thick the pages are, tax code. People cannot work on their own taxes anymore, hardly. It's like working on your car because of all the computerized chips. They made sure of that. They, they created a whole new industry, uh, the industry of tax preparedness, and then you got to go over to some place to have your taxes done, and there's all these loopholes, all these things. Oh no, you, you know. And then if you don't do it right, then they get audited and they come after you. Again, we have 87,000 new tax IRS agents there that, that have a nine millimeter gun for some reason. They've been handed a gun, but uh, I, I like. I've always liked the 10 percent flat tax. I think it's fair. It's fair, you know. If you're gonna have taxation, fair. But uh, nobody. Maybe maybe some of the rich wealthy they have these special lawyers, tax lawyers, tax attorneys who go through and find the loopholes and this and that and that's a that's a deduction that's a deduction and they end up paying you know, ten or eleven percent taxes so yeah you know they yeah. give them pass but they go after you and me because we can't afford the loopholes to buy somebody to to find those loopholes but a ten percent flat 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 tax is a good deal it's a it's a good idea. Well, I haven't filed a tax return in over ten years, but I know what you're saying for general population. Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it might be popular, but chime in on that movie. It's a great movie to watch and great history. And uh, okay. anyway, just well, that, good work, bro. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I feel like I don't think actually most people would be so alarmed and outraged with paying taxes at ten percent. They'd be okay with that. I think I think the anger comes from the American taxpayer is is looking how your taxes are spent or misspent, and that makes people very angry that you're just handing money over to Ukraine and Israel and all these different countries. You're buying influence into their markets. Uh, I think that's that's what makes people so angry about paying their taxes, is that um, you really have no representation. Yeah, that's uh, true. You know, you vote you vote people in, and then the guy says, "Well, I mean, look how we voted," you know, and. And next thing, all this money is just, you know, being sent here and sent there and sent there. These 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 politicians don't have a concept of the national debt. They don't have a concept on the national debt. They really don't. They know there's no way it's ever going to be paid down or paid off. They're looking for the collapse. They're looking for a digital currency, and which will be controlled by the central banking again, as it was the first time, and will even have more control over you and I than it ever had before. Um, but you know, they just. Don't have the concept of uh, just another trillion added to the the national debt. Just another trillion. Yeah, we're thirty four trillion. We're thirty five. You know, add another five trillion. It's no big. They they just don't have a concept and understanding the the value the value of that kind of debt. They don't understand it, and they know they'll never be able to pay it down. So just it's like running up your charge card. And keep running it up, and for some reason, Visa keeps saying, "Steve, you can have another twenty thousand on your Visa. Keep keep charging it up. Don't worry about paying it off." 
just keep paying it up, you know, just just keep spending, spend, spend, spend. I don't know. That's what makes me mad about taxation is it's just we really don't have any rights to where the money goes. We don't. All right. Hey, appreciate the call. Thanks again. Go back to the phones. We got uh, Thomas in New Mexico. Welcome, Thomas. Can can you hear me? I hear you fine. What's on your mind tonight? Um, I, I want to share something because at the beginning you mentioned about UFOs. Yeah. Um, somebody that I know for a long time, his name is Scott Hensler. Have you heard of him? I have not. Okay, he's a uh, he's sort of retired. He's a ex cop. He's a electronics engineer. <laughs> Excuse me, and he's also a targeted individual. He's out in Nevada, uh, near south of Carson City, Nevada, and he did a video, live video on YouTube with Dave and Donna Carrico from Followers of Jesus Christ Radio. And it was on the Griotta, if I'm pronouncing it right, Griotta Treaty with Eisenhower. Okay. Have you heard of the Griotta Treaty with Eisenhower? No. I have not. No, nope. I have not. Well, not. well, you need to you need to research. I'll, I'll write about it down that. here and I'll take a look at it. I, how do you spell well, it? You, it you? Well, what 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 Eisenhower did in Alamogordo at New Mexico at Holloman Air Force Base. He met with extraterrestrials in person. No, I don't have no proof of this, but I really do believe this is really real. And it's on the Internet. And it's and I just re-uploaded the video on my BitChute channel, and, um, and you can watch the full video. It's very interesting, and I have Scott Hensler's email, and um, I, he, he would probably get on with you if, um, I have his email. I don't have his phone number. Well, I have his phone number, but I don't want to call him. He may no, want to be left alone. Yeah. But um, um, I, I do believe that these extraterrestrials are real out of Dulce, New Mexico, Archuleta Mountain. And I'm here in New Mexico, and I've, I, I've been to Dulce, Hickoria, Apache Indian Reservation many times in right. Dulce. And yes, there is a lot of witnesses out there that have witnessed some strange things going on even today out there. And there, I do believe there is an underground base, 10 or 11 stories. And, there do, and the treaty that Eisenhower signed with the extraterrestrials and also um, Israel is doing the same thing. They're working directly with extraterrestrials. Stephen Benoon, that's been on early in the mornings on RBN with somebody else. Stephen Benoon has been attacked because he came out in the open sharing about this information. All right. right. um, I'll check into it. Uh, That completes our first hour. Thanks for the call. I'll look into a little bit. But uh, like I said, me venturing into this again, I don't know. Probably not going to happen. Second hour coming up. Stay tuned. This is Steve Elkins on a Sunday night. This is Off the Beaten Path. Stay tuned.
handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you can handle the truth.